You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums, is here before you die. This episode, we'll be talking about Pixies, Surfer Rosa. In the room, I have Anne. Hey. And Rob. I'm a bone machine. And on the line, I have Kyle. You're a bone machine. And Josh. Hello. <laughs> Surfer Rosa is the debut studio album by the American alternative rock band, The Pixies, released March 21st, 1988 on the British label 4AD. It was produced by Steve Albini, and the genre is alternative rock and art punk. I'm going to read from all mu- music review. Heather Ferris. One of the most compulsively listenable college rock albums of the 80s, The Pixies' 1988 full-length debut, Surfer Rosa, fulfilled the promise of Come On Pilgrim, and thanks to Steve Albini's production, added a muscular edge that made their harshest moments seem even more menacing and perverse. On songs like Something Against You, Black Francis, Cryptic Shrieks, and Non-Sequenters are backed by... David Levering and Kim Deal's punchy rhythms, which are so visceral that they'd overwhelm any guitarist except for Joey Santiago, who takes the spotlight on the epic Vamos. Albini's high contrast dynamics suit Surfer Rosa well, especially on the explosive opener Bone Machine and the kinky T-Rex inspired Cactus. But like the black and white photo of the flamenco dancer on its cover, Surfer Rosa is the Pixies' most polarized work. For each blazing piece of punk, there are softer, poppier moments such as Where Is My Mind, Francis' strangely poignant song inspired while scuba diving in the Caribbean, and the Kim Deal penned Gigantic, which almost outshines the rest of the album. Francis's warped sense of humor is evident in lyrics like Bone Machines. He bought me a soda and he tried to molest me in the parking lot. Yep, 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 yep. In a year that included landmark albums from contemporaries like Throwing Music, Sonic Youth, and My Bloody Valentine, the Pixies managed to turn in one of 1988's most striking distinctive records. Surfer Rosa may not be the group's most accessible work, but it is one of the most compelling. All right, what do we think of Pixies? Surfer Rosa. <gasps> duh. Yeah, it's, it's a mess. It's a big yeah. duh. Yeah. This is a very important record. <laughs> yeah. 
critical. Cannot, cannot be, be understated how important this record is. It could, cannot be overstated. How overstated. You're right. Yes, you're right. It could be understated. It should not Get be understated. Ready. Three or six more hours. <laughs> if it's going to be understated, I'm going to well actually you into the fucking <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, I stand by my stance on the Patreon episode that uh, the Breeders uh, record is better than anything that okay. the Pixies ever uh-huh. did. But that said, wowie zowie. I don't know if I agree with that, but I'm not as Breeders familiar. Maybe. Yeah, this starts off with the biggest punch to the gut, I, like almost any <laughs> album ever has. Bone Machine yeah, this album comes is out iconic. Sw- swinging I so hard. I forgot. That tone, the guitar tone, like the bass, <laughs> and just how it, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Al- Albini it's does. Like, Fuck you, here it comes. An amazing ah. job. And this is the beginning of the Albini, yep. you know, mm-hmm. recording. What would you say? Yeah, this he's, is for all the. He's building yeah. it. Yes. As he starts the yeah. empire. Yeah. 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 It's fucking. I will record you for $1,500. I will get <laughs> no royalties. You will not call me a producer. <laughs> I give you 24 hours. That's right. We will do this in 10 days. We could have done it in seven, but we are doing other stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, the, 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 so good. this starts it. I mean, this is why uh, Cobain wanted Albini on uh, mm-hmm. in utero. Like, yeah. this is. This is it, man. I heard this is why that douche from uh, Bush wanted Steve Albini for their second record. I thought that was because uh, of In Utero. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> most and amazing shit face. <laughs> oh, damn it. Oh, I, I, it was I, great. I was you gonna... had the perfect pout. <laughs> it was wonderful. Kyle. Sorry, it totally froze. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Um, You're okay, bud. Yeah, but yeah, let's just talk about a little bit about his recording. I mean, uh, someone said this sounds like it was recorded in a meth lab. The the the, <laughs> the way it has the like crushing drums in these weird spaces, and it sounds like warehouses. Someone also equated it to they're a little bit like a. The loud, soft, loud of the Pixies are equivalent to Led Zeppelin in the way that they produce. And it's also obvious on things like Bone Machine, where they make those drums sound bigger yeah. than life. Yep. Right? It's just aggressively yeah. alive. The whole yes. thing feels it's like you're yes. right fucking up there experiencing it. But in a way that's better than just being at a show because it sounds amazing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like it's precisely perfect as well. Like it's it's got that rawness, but then it has this clarity to it so good. yeah it does a, a great job you know stuff like bands like this especially like punk bands you know this I, there's a lot of songs in here that i would consider kind of like as they mentioned like art punk or whatever i thought that was a good way to say oh, it yeah. but Broken uh, face, baby. but seeing them live this record does a really good job of capturing how that feels and sounds right yeah. um and and it's it's harder to do than it probably should be right very hard to do beautiful I just want to listen to this album. No, it's really hard not to just focus on how good it fucking sounds. It's hard. Yeah, Yeah, can we all just stop talking and just listen to it? I will say this. This was the first time I listened to this record with headphones. Yeah. And wowie, wow, wow. Oh, yeah. You can catch a lot more of what... There's a lot going on, yeah. Beanie's little uh, impish shit in there. Um, He's being a little cheeky. He is cheeky as hell. Yeah. Did you you pick up on uh, Cactus? That they're spelling out the, the band's name. No. So in the background of Cactus, they say P I X I E, but it's so subtle that 
just like years and years i've been listening to that song the only time i saw david bowie he covered cactus oh my god on their reality tour wow it's amazing it's pretty cool Cactus is such a great song. Too. <laughs> it's, so it's so creepy. No, but it's perfect. There's that like that weird, creepy longing is so. It's so present. creepy. Yeah. It's like rub your dress on a cactus and send the bloody dress to me. Bloody your well, hands yeah. on a cactus tree. Hubba hubba. <laughs> right, this song that's uh, that we're listening to right now, gigantic. Right, we're all in the same. Gigantic. Yep. Man, that. The bass intro to it, and then his teeth is white as snow. I always loved it for some reason. It's, like that. It's a beautiful opening line. It's amazing. Yeah. Right? It's incredible. The delicate voice with the like bass yeah. and like the way it establishes this dynamics thing that I don't Man, know yeah, this, if it has like existed in this way before. I mean, dynamics have always existed, right? Yeah, Yeah, this song is is a masterpiece. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I just like in this context, right? Like, is there, I don't know. No, I think you're exact. No, but I mean, that's what what we were talking about earlier, though, is how important this is. Yeah, this is like the Voltron. This is is like, yeah, this is doing it. This is showing how punk is into all these other things, how all this stuff changes, right? I mean, this is it. Like, we talked about, you know, episodes with, a lot of this kind of like pre-grunge stuff, right? And I think this record is so important and right up there with a lot of the other stuff that we had talked about. Yeah. Uh, but it was interesting, but you mentioned Cobain earlier and uh, about this song, he said, uh, I wish Kim was allowed to write more songs for the Pixies yeah. because <laughs> Gigantic is the best Pixie song and Kim wrote it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Girl. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that really rubbed uh, Francis Black or Frank Black, Bla- Fra- Black yeah, Francis, yeah, 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 yeah. Or, or Charles, right? It was his, yeah. Charles is his. <laughs> Can kid. I say one time I went to see the Pixies and Birch was like, "Hey, we like went to the balcony to escape the crowd," and Birch was like, "Hey, Frank's over there," and I got really excited because I thought my brother was there, <laughs> and then Aww. I realized that he met Frank Black, and I was just like, "Oh, yeah," she was disappointed. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> It's like it's all my brother shit. <laughs> we were in a completely different city too. Oh, we're in Chicago. There, yeah. there would be... Why is Frank in Chicago? This is great. I mean, your brother is very cool, right? It's I mean, awesome. Yeah. I, the fact that that you feel like your brother is cooler than Black Francis <laughs> yeah, is yeah. really. I mean, that is that's amazing. That, that's a high level, love, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that really rubbed him the wrong way when people because he. He got to meet like his idols, right? Like Iggy Pop one time, and Iggy Pop's like, "Oh yeah, I really like a Gigantic," and it just <laughs> burned him up because it was it just showed that people were, you know, it wasn't his song that someone was yeah, like sure. identifying oh the band with, and I, I can understand the a little bit of the sort of like I, I think jealousy a, a bit, and yeah, you know, yeah, to, Kim to, is to so important of, to this band. Yeah, without Kim, this band does not exist it doesn't, the way no. it does. To, to yeah, the point of very you know, disintegrating the band by fax machine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah. So, I, I, have, I have a question for you guys. I'm listening, Josh. So, uh, you know, so sometimes I've I've said a few maybe unpopular things. Um, so I have a so I'll, I'll phrase it like a question. Um, how do you all feel about the end of Gigantic, the instrumental part going on? more than I think most people would expect, right? It seems like it's going to stop, but it keeps going. How do you all feel about that? 
I'm fine with it. Great. I love it. That doesn't bother yeah, me. Yeah, I like it because that's how it goes. As a guy who hates jamming, I fucking love that jam. Yeah. <laughs> I, me too. Guys who I, hate jamming, it's... that biz. Yeah. <laughs> I love so much that, that like the, some of the first times I heard it, I was like, oh, it's going to end. Nope. Keeps going. More court. Nope. Nope. Something else on that. Nope. Cool. <laughs> but that's a way they subvert And I've, I've grown to love it though. Right? Yeah. No, exactly. That's, that's exactly so right. cherishable about this. Yes. And, and now it's become one of my favorite parts. And it sort of does this thing to me of it's still in the song, but it's not the parts of the song that you obviously like sing or that lyrics that you love or whatever. So it sort of reminds me to like go listen to the song again, even though I'm still in the song, right? I love it. <laughs> the Endless Loop. Amazing. Which I definitely did with Where Is My Mind. Yeah. Right. Throughout much of my high school career. <laughs> yeah. Well, Perfect loop. Jumping back to Gigantic, wasn't that supposed to be the name of the record? Mm-hmm. And they switched it? <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure he would like, yeah. no, no. Listen. Excuse me. No, we're Even not doing that. Even though this is the best song on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and though, I think, you know, Kim's influence on the band is probably understated for all the reasons that we're talking about, right? Um, but this is the only one that she gets co-writing credit on for lyrics. Is that correct? Um, or gigantic, I mean. You know, I don't know. I know that she takes, this is one of two songs where she takes lead vocal in the, their right, but I think as far as like writing but... the lyrics, I think yeah, could could Francis, might be man like because he Francis wrote the uh, like the chorus gigantic because he talked about like how he wrote like the guitar riff and just wanted to keep saying that over it and just felt that that worked really well. Um, and I think Kim wrote the lyrics that were kind of connected to a movie, right? So there yeah. was a movie about an older woman kind of falling in love with with a younger guy, right? And that's the the oh, big love stuff. Wait, and, what movie? Uh, I can't remember the top of my head. I can look it up real fast, but uh, Bert, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. No, I'm just wondering if it's what all the heaven allows. <laughs> it's it's not that, but she also has said that it's it's not like a dirty like or whatever. You know, it's not like a phallus reference. It's none of that stuff, right? Crimes of the but, heart. yeah, crimes. Yep, that's right. Crimes of the heart. Yep. Uh, but that it's just like this pure, and I, she even said something like uh, it's you know, like more of her personality because she wrote it and she's like clean and pure or something. Right. And I'm sure some of that's like a little bit like ironic and cheeky, but, but I was thought that that was interesting as of course, you know, the lyrics are, you know, and purposely suggestive. Right. But mm-hmm. a big black uh, ass, a hunk of love. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But she says that it's not phallic at all. So that it's, you know, it, I hear what it's I just, hear. Right. Of course, <laughs> of course, of course. Right. Um, and, and the movie that it's sort of, you know, supposedly referencing is an older white woman and a, and a younger black male, right? So, you know, maybe, uh, yeah. But, but her just her line about, oh no, it's it's just who I am. It's like pure and clean or whatever, right? Take it however you want, you know. up a little bit before this album dropped um 
Black Francis, uh, he took a trip to Puerto Rico before this album. Uh, he was a UMass junior, and he like basically he was transferring a couple of uh, his favorite LPs onto tapes. He intended to bring two Iggy Pop records. He was obsessed with Lust for Life and The Idiot, but he didn't yeah. do, didn't do the transfer correctly. Uh, so when he listened to the cassettes or blank, the only records he actually brought were the Talking Heads, Ramones, right? Yeah. Uh, and the uh, unidentified Ramones album. So that's all he had, including, you know, it, on this Walkman and then whatever music he heard around Puerto Rico, like the salsa and everything else. So influential. The merengue, all that stuff. I feel like there's there's a lot like his he mm -hmm. didn't. I think it was like he did a, a like a summer or semester or something because he he did at University of Puerto Rico because mm -hmm. uh, his roommate was Jose Jones. Which is what then he you know he writes it Crackety Jones on, yeah. on Doolittle. It's about this. I guess he just was like a psycho, right? Mm -hmm. And I imagine Francis maybe wouldn't have been the, <laughs> the easiest dorm roommate there. either. Maybe yeah. I mean who knows? But <laughs> but I guess you know Jose was just this you know crazy uh, where like Francis like feared for his life or whatever, right? I, I think like the his time in Puerto Rico mm -hmm. and like the swimming in the Caribbean, right? You know, a lot of stuff on this really touches on that, and he he kind of butchers some. Puerto Rican slang and stuff on the record. And then of course with, you know, with Crackety Jones later, that time in his life was pretty influential, I think, to his writing. And maybe because he didn't have a student's records, right? He didn't have, he had a Walkman and, you know, two tapes. Uh, and so went around and listened to live music on the island. And I think that was when too, was that, Birch, is, it, is that the same time when he wrote Joey, uh, the letter that said that, you know, something about like, you know, screw this academic stuff or whatever. And like, let's start a band or something, right? There's some, I can't remember the exact wording. You just said it. Let's Is that it? Was that the exact the wording? Band. <laughs> yeah. The damn band. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I feel like that, yeah, that, you know, semester or summer, whatever he did in Puerto Rico is pretty important. Yeah. For this, for the, the cover, for the sort of influences of the, that type of music. Yeah. I think it's uh, totally there. Want to talk about Tony's theme? Tony's theme. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> a lot of people said that this uh, song was the sort of a bridge into their later albums where they get a little more poppy and fun. Yeah, I could see that. This, I mean, obviously gigantic. Uh, I think lends its, lends itself a little bit more to do little and and um, beyond. But but yeah, I, I would say Tony is is definitely that bridge. It has that it has that sort of like upbeat sing along, <laughs> shout along, yeah. whatever you want to say. <laughs> uh, I didn't. Th did anyone look up who Tony is? Yeah, it was a friend of theirs that they just wanted to write a song about. Oh, I love just, it. Just the, the the old friend writing mm -hmm. songs about other friends. <laughs> Sweet. I think as you were talking about like the sort of bridge, I think like the verse uh the verses of like river euphrates is like that to me right it's mm -hmm. like it, it shows some of that like really catchy really poppy very you're kind of clean and cool kind of stuff that they do later and then of course goes into this like you know let's make animal noises in the chorus or whatever right but uh but there's a lot of really fun stuff in this record that shows who they're going to be um and listening through it again today uh it, it, i thought that was a fun part of it for me was to to hear that stuff and go oh yeah I, you know what i see I see where they get there, right? And th and that's cool. Yeah, they. I felt like that this album is all over the Joey's uh, 
playing like the guitar joseph alberto santiago yes his guitar work is out of this world it's got these just weird i don't know riffs he plays weird riffs at odd times and it's so it's a discordant melodicism in in a strange way it it comes in at, at unexpected times and you're not really you're not really thinking about it and he just puts it all together I think he is he is like a an X factor for, for sure in this band. I know Kim and um, the whole band is is really together. But for, there's always been something about him that really stood out in in how to play guitar and how to just, you know, be creative uh, with these solos. And it's not fat, uh, flashy at all. He He's playing, you know, uh, these things that are uh, very punk rock in a way. He's not trying to be so technical as uh, other guitarists, but it, there's just something really earnest about how he plays. And, it, and it's hard too. I, I feel like for me, it's hard to, to really like quantify a lot of that stuff to figure out why does this work the way that it does? And and the tone with stuff too just really helps, mm-hmm. I think, with how, mm-hmm. yeah. with how he plays and what, what his choices are. It's again, one of those records that in a lot of ways maybe shouldn't work. And, and that's kind of what makes it so influential is that there weren't, other bands that were doing things exactly like this at the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he really gets, he gets it across simply in, in to the point for sure. What did everybody think about the, the sort of banter, the stage banter talking in between stuff? It's Cause a little, it's a little embarrassing. Yeah. I well, like it. <laughs> well, Albini just let the tape roll and he knew what, it, I mean, everybody kind of knew what he was doing. He wanted to get this, like just, you know, them talking and them, talking to each other and just some weird stuff. And yeah, it, it's kind of weird. I mean, it, it, it works on some of the replacement stuff, like Hootenanny, like there's just like background, like, them, yeah. Them, like, yeah. Blah, blah, yeah. Blah. Uh, and it and again, a very strange record for a band, you know, that's again, and all over the place. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and it works on, uh, it, it works on a lot of records. I don't, it seems forced. It to, does. See, I, to me, it's always made it feel more personal. Okay. Okay. Well, like, then, then a mission accomplished. Like it feels a little more loose and punk because of this. Like, like I, it's it's obviously intentional. It's not mm-hmm. like it's feels off the cuff, right? Per yeah. se. But it does. It makes it feel like it's trying to be within a certain like scope. Yeah. Or something. I don't know. It's weird. It's like half heard conversations, but I don't know, you know, like Albini's just recording some banter, but, you know, they, they didn't rehearse the banter. They didn't, no. you know, it's just like a just personal like a, aspect of it. It yeah. makes you connect. It may, for me, it makes me connect a little bit more with like the idea of like who's playing the music, okay. I guess. Okay. It makes me feel like it's produced in a way that's more like raw in a punk way than if if it was just like cleanly like all these incredible songs right yeah one after the other like that that break helps it feel more accessible i guess for me yeah um but you know it's not like brilliant (laughs) necessarily either right but you know what is brilliant uh joseph alberto santiago's guitar work on uh Vamos. Vamos. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. This, yeah. this just Ooh. shrieking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's fucking. Uh, so good. Yeah. I do. So good. 
thematically too, there's so much stuff in here with like surrealism and, and data and, uh, you know, a, a sort of mild obsession with David Lynch. Right. So there's, I mean, <laughs> there's so much of so like the uh, idea of a mild obsession. With <laughs> right. 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 No, exactly. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It feels in some ways very David Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. But, but I love all that stuff, you know, like, uh, like Manta Ray, you know, like the man Ray references, like all, you know, of course, everything that wears my mind and, you know, all that, uh, and this is the college you know, aspect later, of it. Right. And also kind of the like, yeah, punk thing too. It, it feels like a student, right? In no, exactly. Way. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's that a really good point. Yep. Accessible. And it also makes it like when you engage with it, there's this excitement of when you like first connect with things artistically that you're really interested in. Right. Yeah. I think like, Albini was really happy to, kind of record them because he had said that they weren't they weren't trying to be rockers right like they didn't what would you say they didn't study other people to learn how to play their instruments they just pick up instruments and played which was the original punk ethos right Mm -hmm. you pick up an instrument don't even bother to look at how someone else is doing it just do it yourself and and we'll record that and that's going to be the inspiration and that's going to be your own ideas and, and things so and I, I feel that. I mean, it it, 100%. it feels like a yeah. completely unique. It's instinctual, right? Yeah, yeah, instinctual, you know, craziness that's happening. Mm-hmm. Especially right now, Vomitos. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> is this yeah screw this academics. No. Let's go to damn band. How can you have a favorite? <laughs> um, just for the. Yeah, um, tough. For, for, for the podcast, I, I just, <laughs> I need to. Uh, so Kyle, Kyle disappeared. Um, so I, so I texted him, buddy. He says, hi, dude. I said, where'd you go? Do we need to record more? Like I have to be up at six 30. What's up? And I say, nothing, man. Bounce in the middle of the episode. It's no big. Just making sure I was, it, it was a conscious move and not your computer poop. Now, nice seeing you. Get some sleep. Dude, I didn't bounce in the middle of the episode. Bro, you, we are still talking about Surfer Rosa. Okay, I bounced. <laughs> uh, many uh, blessings to his m- sleep. Many blessings to his sleep. Very fucking early. It yeah. is a real thing. I'm yeah. off work tomorrow. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce yeah. is not. I'm going, I'm going to the horse races tomorrow. Yeah. What time do you leave? Uh, my dad shows up at 8.30 in the morning. and brick is red man just have it and then we'll just restart it and keep yeah. listening and just keep listening yeah, to yeah. It over and over and over again and then we'll just do a, a 33 minute all of us being silent just listening to the record yeah. that that'll 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 go on there I, I, I will give uh the christ gal uh in a 2003 review of uh the pixies 2002 self-titled ep Kreisgau wrote that while he initially found Francis's fay in philosophically limited lyric lyrics somewhat annoying. Surfer Rosa now seems audaciously funny and musically prophetic. Mm-hmm. So he he uh, <laughs> he wasn't a well. Big that's fan pretty right pretty right. convenient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hindsight. What it's was that thing that David was saying? Right, right. Yeah. So okay, so we're gonna get Doolittle. 
We will. Yes. What What is everyone's favorite Pixies record? This I think one. I think this one for me. Yeah. To tell you the truth, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. As this far as like it. the straight like studio records, for sure. Yeah. No, I, I'm uh, I'm talking like every Pixies release ever. Oh, like best. Like, oh, oh no, it's not, like not, if you're gonna not, do not, like the not a best of. Yeah, this one. Oh, like so not Death to the Pixies, not the Purple Tape, not not stuff that was re released from old. The but... Peel Sessions is still my go to for the oh, Pixies. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I that is that. so okay. So that is a, a collection of songs from different records. Then. But I mean, it's a live recording. I don't know how we do. Yeah. That. No. No. For sure. Yeah. Um, I'd still Rob say this. recommends the pill yeah. session. Very much. This so. is great. I mean, there's there's man. Doolittle is. Doolittle is so fucking tight though. It is so good. There are songs like Wave of Mutilation. Oh. Holy, I mean that song. But this is a great record too, though. But I mean, I, you know what? If we were listening to Doolittle, I might think, but Gigantic. Yeah. But that song is, you know what I mean? So oh, it's, yeah. it, <laughs> they're, they're both great. I mean, there's, there's great stuff in all of them. Birch, what do you think? What's, uh, what's this one? Yeah. Okay. This one, this is the, this personifies their punk ethos and all the like weirdness. And that's what I want. Yeah. It has, yep. you're right. The, yep. tones, the, the, the sort of do little that has the commercial and that has more of the, whatever you want to say. It has ideas, uh, that stretch beyond this. But I feel yeah. the immediacy of this album a lot more. Yes. Um, for, for whatever reason, it's good or bad. It's intensely good, and it, it's just like all the way through. Yeah. Unstoppable. Yeah. There's nothing bad about it. Uh, I did. We didn't even talk about how they recorded, you know, things like the echoey percussions, uh, where they recorded in the studio's bathrooms, um, <laughs> in, in a factory building that was yeah. uh, like a giant urinal. Uh, <laughs> a, a thing the Deal Sisters brought into the recording of uh, Last Splash. Last Splash, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So they they carted like the drum kit into this giant uh, factory space, um, and then for a lot of things like uh, her vocals on the ooze, um, those sort of siren calls on Where Is My Mind, they recorded those in the bathroom, and yeah, I, I, it works. Everything. Steve Albini's choices on this, like, really, I, I'm so impressed. I, I mean, obviously, we knew that he was good from, you know, going yeah. back and re-listening to a lot of the stuff he had done. But it just, I'm very impressed that this early on, he was so masterful. so good yeah, yeah. At, at copying this down in two, what was it, 10 days or something? And just being like, here you go. This is this. And, and, and this is on other people's shit. Right, like, this, right. This is not his studio. This is him, like, running around, like, figuring shit hey, out. Hey, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's... It's fucking amazing. Really, really impressive. Yeah. Uh, I did want to mention, where is my mind? <laughs> it's... Uh, I have this little write-up. It says, Where is my mind? The song that, since its infamous appearance in the last scene of 1999's Fight Club, has oh, become boy. cinematic shorthand for every Gen X character's overall existential crisis. A song that, <laughs> in its subsequent appearances in The Leftovers and Mr. Robot, is now a meta-signifier of some kind of deep spiritual split from oneself. Is basically just, quote, about... A time when a tiny fish was chasing Frank Black around while he was swimming on vacation. I mean, yes, but Fight Club turned me on to the Pixies. Exactly. And yeah. God bless America. Oh, really? Okay. Or whatever. Well, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they, like, I was in high school. I watched Fight Club at least like 35 times. I watched it every time I had my free period because it was the VHS we had in our 
like orchestra room and like getting to the pixies from that did a lot of good shit for me that (laughs) like that's fine (laughs) that was my introduction to the pixies as well yeah yeah wow and that's that's great like fuck it no, it just wasn't. Because... It was my introduction to that song. My introduction to the Pixies was picking up the PL Sessions mm-hmm. two years prior. In Louisville, Kentucky, at Ear Ecstasy. Whoa. Congrats. R.I.P. But yeah. So that's okay. No, it's fine. But it is... Fight Club is interesting. It is interesting. We we can have a big old discussion about that on the Patreon. The... And getting getting back, fighting my fighting my Fight Club way back into this record. Where is my mind? Uh, No, the yeah, the fucking use of that song has become so ubiquitous. It's disgusting. Um, And you know, I'm I'm just sitting here going like, well, what about uh, what about Tyler by the Toadies? That's that's a pretty good use of that song. Well, but. And then I feel like if you encountered it more in the context of constantly hearing that song for that moment, then it would probably be really fucking annoying, I guess. But for me, it's really every who encountered it because I chose to watch that movie over and over again (laughs) and then chose to like dive into the pixies like. It's still, it's his own art. It doesn't need to, you know. But pushing forward like 10 to 21 years like since that song mm-hmm. existed in that movie every hollywood movie now like on the trailer just has like some stupid fucking old ass song that they like meld into an orchestral thing uh mm-hmm. specifically watch the trailer for moonfall where wouldn't there's never would do a that. bad moon <laughs> on the rise <laughs> That's why oh, I don't wow. watch fucking trailers, man. <laughs> I mean, you, since you've seen Moonfall, you can go back and... I haven't and seen wa- it. Why are we even talking here? Turn <laughs> this off. Let's go watch Moonfall. Everyone's going to be really confused six years from now when this episode comes out. I right. have to work tonight, right. so right. we'll watch it later. <laughs> All right. I got one more thing. Okay. Right. Okay. Six seasons, yeah, yeah, yeah. baby. <laughs> the Quietest recently wrote, Surfer Rosa is... The one that has aged into timelessness rather than becoming a period piece, which I think is okay, yeah, really good. Um, there's a lot of really great records that came out around this time, including like Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back and other 80 late 80s, you know, records that sound a a bit of their time, right? But (laughs) what are you gonna do with Surfer Rosa? I mean, it just sounds like a rock record, it it doesn't have that sort of. Oh, this is the 90s. I mean, we were talking to Ben, and Ben was like, wait, 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 hold on. When were the Pixies? Like, when was the last Pixies yep. album? And we're like, it's 93. And he's like, no, no, that can't be right. And we're like, yeah, it is. Even understanding this was from the late 80s, I had no context. Like, I didn't understand that when I was obsessed yeah. with it in high school. Right. It's like, maybe this is 10 years old, right? Yeah. No, it's fucking like. And it took forever yeah. for people to kind of catch on i think Mm -hmm. that to their detriment of you know not getting enough uh, airplay and not enough or to their uh opposite detriment where they got to get back together to (laughs) just do a few shows and get paid like a billion fucking dollars i drove to detroit with a guy i didn't know to miss that show (laughs) that's this and kim deal signed my unused ticket in a very like 
Wow. She didn't really want to, but we were like parked right by the back where they came out. And then I went home and when they played again on that. Is this like that Hemingway short story about the baby's <laughs> shoes? Yeah. Jesus, that's sad. It's okay. When they were going to play an indie, I stood in line at a Kroger to get a ticket right away. And I went with my brother and my friend and I saw Frank? them with Kim Deal. Yeah, with Frank. Frank went. Yeah. And um, then we saw them again. And then we saw them in Chicago. So yeah. I've seen them twice with Kim Deal. After that time, I tried really hard and couldn't. But okay. That was heartbreaking. <laughs> Riding in cars with strangers. Uh, he was nice. Dallas, you know him. Dallas. <laughs> Dallas. All right, next time we'll be talking about Metallica, Injustice for All. <laughs>